Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Matt, good to see you. Good to see you too. We're at your house this time. Yeah, we're out of the Matt cave into the... <laughs> yeah. What's the Taylor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It works. Yeah, yeah perfect. The Matt cave and the Taylor. Yeah. How's the week going, man? It feels like so long since I've seen you. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while. The week's going good. It's I've been busy. I've been zinging around everywhere. All the yeah. clients I have right now is, are not DocuSigners, so I've been oh. printing and presenting and printing and presenting over and over and... Also, with the market right now, like the offers are not being accepted right away. Those are twenty five back and forth. Yeah, so when you got to print every offer, and it just takes uh, not not eco friendly, man. Well, they're getting recycled. Yeah, yeah. good, yeah. good, yeah. You were talking a little bit about your new new assistant, the Chat Chat GPT. GPT. Yeah. My God, put that on, and I for realtor remarks, Jesus. Yeah, it was just like writing exactly what I wanted to say, just better than I could write it. We were having some fun with it, and that's something. I think we're at the start of something here. Does it just write back to you, or can we get it to speak back to you? Like maybe we should have him on the podcast, him or her, whatever. It's I don't. Uh, good question. I know. I think it just it's pretty quick, but yeah, just ask it a question, writes it out for you. Yeah, I feel like it's the start of something wild here. I've played around with it a few times. It's pretty mind blowing. Have you done it's anything besides just playing around with it? Have you used it at all? No, like I'll just, I'll just, you know, when I'm lonely, I just hang out with it and talk to it and take it for a walk. And yeah. Who's your best friend? <laughs> yeah. Better say my name. <laughs> Today's guest, like I'm, I'm starstruck. You know, this guy was a, a big reason why I continued this career. Heard him on a podcast years and years and years ago. Uh, kind of blew my mind with the tax strategy. Yeah. I'm happy to say we have Robinson Smith on yeah, today. He's Smith maneuver guy. Yeah. So he, he's the guy, I mean, his dad's the original guy that wrote the first book and kind of figured out the strategy. And then he's, he's kind of taken it to a whole new level. Yeah. I've been seeing it everywhere, all over social media, uh, brokers and realtors talking about it everywhere. And then, yeah, then Taylor got him on the podcast. So that was nice. Good work, Taylor. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I sent out an email to my network, just asking who do you want on the podcast or any specific questions or topics you want covered? And this is one of the responses that we got by a few people was Robinson Smith, Smith Maneuver, HELOC. Yeah, I thought, you know what? We're we're the big time now. Let's reach out to him. And he was very generous with his time. Yeah. So at a very high level, this essentially just allows you to write off the tax on like the interest on your uh, readvanceable mortgage, like on a HELOC on your house. On your primary residence. On your primary residence, yeah. So generally, like if you have a rental property, you're writing off that anyways, yeah. but it's a it's a massive win if you can actually implement this. Yeah. Gives you a little tax incentive at the end of the year and yeah. a bunch of other unique strategies to kind of accelerate that net worth and that wealth. So yeah, we'll cut to it. I want to play a, a quick clip which I think is humorous because uh, when I talk about this stuff with write-offs, um, Emily sometimes refers to this. So um, yeah, we'll play this and then we'll get to the show. What's what's this? Looks expensive. Uh, this is some new bedding. David, did, didn't I just tell you to save your money? Uh, 
Yeah, I am testing this out for the store, so work is paying for it. Work is paying for your bedding? I was gonna leave, but now I don't want to. What is that? Is that a new lamp? Yeah, I'm thinking of bringing homeware um, into the store, so that's a write-off. That's a write-off? Yeah. Do you even know what a write-off is? Uh, yeah, it's when you buy something for your business and the government pays you back for it. Oh, and who pays for it? Nobody. You write it off. Who writes it off? I don't know. The government, the write-off people. What? Why are we having this conversation? So if I need booze to get through my day, I can just write that off? That's a stretch. But the skincare products you got this morning, those are a write-off. What skincare products? You purchased skincare products? Okay. I am the face of the company. If I have acne, what does that say about the legitimacy of the store? That's not a write-off. That's not a write-off. This? Not a write-off. Oh, well, the betting's non-refundable, so... David, a write-off is a business expense used to reduce your taxable income. Okay, well then, why isn't it called a tax write-off? It is! It is! You can't just buy things for yourself and write them off! Well, then I'll return some things. There's not enough space in here for the massage chair anyway. I should get back to work, just in case any more of your packages arrive. Yeah, I, I love that one. Um, I I don't know the legalities of plagiarism or anything, but that, yeah, that shit's creep. Um, yeah, we'll we'll pay for whatever royalties we need to to play that. But yeah, um, so yeah, just be sure you know what write-offs you're talking about when you're doing the Smith Maneuver. <laughs> Okay. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Well, it's a pleasure guys. Thanks for having me. You're based in Victoria, right? I live in beautiful Victoria, BC. That's correct. We're going to dive straight into our icebreaker round. It's based on Kelowna questions. Have you been up here a few times before? I have. I haven't spent a lot of time in Kelowna, but the last time I was there, I think it was about two years ago, me and my wife and my little dog, Harley, were driving from Victoria to Edmonton to see my wife's father and we drove through Kelowna and we had to put the top up. It was just unbelievably hot. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it in the summertime there. Oh, what was that? In August or July or something? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, second question. How long does it take to get from Victoria to Edmonton driving? Oh, 13 hours, 12 hours, if you're not terribly conscious that there's any cops around. But we usually break it up. You know, we, yeah. we spend yeah. a night halfway through. Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. All right, Rob, what's your uh, favorite season in Victoria? Normally it's Kelowna, but let's go to go Victoria. I think in another month or so, you know, sort of yeah. spring, late spring, it's gorgeous here. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the place. So feel free to, you know, if it gets a little too warm up where you are, come down and have a little visit. My wife and I spent quite a few, uh, uh, winters in the island, we uh, like to storm watch and stuff like that, and love uh, Oak Bay Hotel. It's like we're yeah. like flyers there. Yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we go there quite a bit too because my wife's from there, and that's where you and I actually met a few years back. Yeah, you, that's right. You were gracious enough with your time, and we grabbed a coffee, and um, yeah, you kind of ran me through your your program, so that was awesome. Yeah, I do recall that. I saw your email come up the other day. I said, I know that name. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, I sent an email out to clients asking um, what they would want to hear on the podcast or any guests. As expected, your name came up. So I thought it was a good excuse to reach out again. Yeah, we're well, good. Yeah, I've been hearing it more too. Like Smith Maneuver, everyone's talking about it. So love to hear about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that takes up the majority of my time right now, making sure everybody across Canada, every Canadian homeowner is at least aware of the strategy because yeah. well, yeah. we know it's not easy out there and we've got an answer for a lot of people. We'll dive into that in a sec. What's your drink of choice? Coffee, cocktail, beer, wine? Yeah, well, I go for a couple cups of coffee in the morning, get the engine going, and then evening rolls around, a couple fat tug IPAs and maybe a glass of wine or two with dinner. Nice. nice. BC Oken- White. BC White. Okanagan White or like what? Where from BC? Okanagan. All right. If you had 12 hours left before you left, uh, I guess, Victoria again forever, where would you go? What would you do? 12 hours. Well, I filled out that little questionnaire and you said if I had 12 hours before I had to leave Kelowna, what would I do? Yeah. Okay. Let's go that way. Let's go that way. So I, I would do some wine tasting. Let's yeah. just continue on with that thing. But I might need more than 12 hours. <laughs> but if you're going to do that much wine tasting, I need a nap in between too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. All right. If you could purchase one property in the Okanagan, uh, what would it be? I'm on a lake somewhere, a little cottage on a lake. Don't know much about uh, real estate up there though. So Matt, maybe I'll have to reach out one of these days, but something nice and relaxed on a lake, getting away from the, the rat race here in Victoria. You know, I moved to Victoria from Vancouver originally to sort of get rid of the busyness. And I guess it's followed me here because Victoria's getting a little busier and busier, but uh, definitely a place on the lake. Good answer. Okay. Well, we'll, um, we'll dive straight into this. Can you kind of give us your origin story, high level, where you started from and and where you are now kind of. Yeah. Graduated from high school in 89. Let's go all the way back there. Started to go to uh, UVic. I did a year at UVic straight out of high school and economics and Chinese studies. And I was a big fan of university at the time, but I really enjoyed learning Chinese. So I went to China, studied there uh, on a roundabout way. Finally got to China after doing some travel and studied there for four months. Came back, finished my degrees, got a scholarship to uh, Shanghai for a year before graduating. And then after graduation, of course, I moved back to China. So I was in China for about eight years. I was working at the Canadian Embassy in the Trade Department for a little while. I worked for uh, Fortune 100 Energy Company as a project developer, investment banker. That was my last role over there. And uh, I think it was late 2005 when uh, speaking to my dad, and he says, Rob, it's, it's time for you to come home. Your mother misses you. So, of course, I understood that he meant he missed me. Yeah. <laughs> I came back in 06 and I started working with uh, my dad here in Victoria. We had some we shared office space here, but we had our own investment advisories. And we that's all we did was put people into the Smith Maneuver, which we'll talk about today. So yeah, I did that for a dozen years until 2018 when I sold my practice to do what I'm doing now. For a guy that doesn't like the heat or humidity, like Shanghai gets pretty warm. Hey, I, I mean, that's something else you and I have in common. I was there for a few years and yeah. Uh, yeah, awesome place. But yeah, in the summertime, it is, it's like a swamp. Well, I spent most of my time in Beijing, but the same thing, summertime and, and the winter, it gets really cold and dry and your lips are cracking. So yeah, I mean, I was there for about seven or eight years or something like that. And, and it got to be enough. It was time to come home, whether my folks missed me or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can blame it on the though. So that's a good one. Yeah. So the first time I, I heard you speak, it was on a podcast and I, I can't recall which one, but I was actually traveling. I was in Wadi Rum, kind of the desert area. 
Um, I think it's Jordan. Yeah. Really cool experience out there. And then I just stumbled upon your podcast and I was absolutely like, my mind was blown. So then after that, I just started to do more research, got your dad's book. And then recently you kind of republished that book a few years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2019. First of all, yeah. Thank you for the work that you guys are doing. Like I, I'm really passionate about it as well. I think it's a great opportunity for, for people to capitalize on that strategy. Do you kind of want to give the education, you know, summarize what exactly has to be done in order to, to carry this out properly? Yeah. The Smith Mover is as for Canadian homeowners. We have a challenge here in Canada and the fact that we're not allowed to deduct the interest on our mortgages, on our principal residences, whereas the Americans can. And when my dad became an investment advisor, a financial planner back in mid eighties, that's why he developed it. He says, why can the Americans can deduct a good portion of their mortgage interest and we can't. So he read the tax act and came up with the strategy. That's a challenge we face. You know, that's one of the reasons our American cousins are a bit better off than us is because they can get a tax break on their mortgages. But what the Smith maneuver does is with the appropriate type of financing, Canadians are able to access the equity in their home as fast as they're creating it. And by that, I mean, uh, every time they make a mortgage payment, we know that some of that, well, most of that goes to interest to the bank. It's non-deductible interest and mortgages are expensive. A lot of that payment each month goes to the bank, but some reduces principal. Let's, let's call it a thousand bucks. With the right type of mortgage, the homeowner is able to access that equity he created just by making that mortgage payment, that thousand dollars. And by getting that invested, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, mix, REITs, ETFs, invest in your business, somebody else's business, investment real estate, there's any number of different investments that qualify for tax deductible interest when you borrow the money to invest. When you do that, you create these tax deductions. So you follow this process on a monthly basis of make your mortgage payment, which you're making anyways, whether you're doing the strategy or not, you've got a mortgage, you're making a payment. But with the strategy in place, you can reborrow that equity, get it invested. So you're increasing your tax deductible debt as fast as you're paying down your non-deductible debt. So there's a concept of debt that people have to understand in all of this, but we're replacing non-deductible debt with tax deductible debt. And because we're doing that, we get a tax refund at the end of the year. If we already have been getting a tax refund, we get a bigger one. And by taking that money that we're getting from back from the government that otherwise we wouldn't, if we weren't implement, implementing the strategy, we take this, we're disciplined, we got to be disciplined, but we take this money as refund and we, we apply it as a mortgage prepayment, right? An overpayment at, when we get a refund and we pull that back out to invest as well. So at least base case scenario, we're able to prepay our mortgage by um, our, the amount of our tax refund once a year. And we know that every dollar above and beyond that regular mortgage payment that we make is going 100% to principal. So we're getting out of that mortgage faster. Not only are we reducing our tax bill, not only are we getting rid of our expensive mortgage faster, the only reason we're able to get the tax deductions and get rid of our mortgage faster is because we're investing. We're investing for our future. And we're doing this each and every month. So you know, typically in Canada, we've got these two important financial goals. One, we want to get rid of our mortgage, rightly so. It's expensive. Two, we want to save for our retirement. We want to put money away so we don't have to work our entire lives. So we don't have to sign up for a reverse mortgage. So we don't have to be financially reliant on our children. We want financial independence in our retirement. But the decision on which of these two goals to attack first is made for us, not by us. Why? Because if we don't take our dollars and invest, nobody cares. If we don't take our dollars 
we make our mortgage payments, somebody does care, all right? They're going to come knocking on our door. Why aren't you making your mortgage payments? So that's what we do. We have limited resources as Canadians. We have to decide what to do with this, these limited resources after we pay tax, after we pay all the expenses of life. You know, Katie wants to go to a hockey camp, and Billy needs braces, and there's food and gas and all this stuff. We end up, as Canadians, applying our funds towards the mortgage at the expense of not getting invested for growth over time. And what this leads to is, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, a few nasty places. Reverse mortgage, having being forced to downsize, uh, live in someone's basement suite, whatever the case may be, because we haven't been investing as Canadians, we haven't prepared ourselves for retirement, living on a fixed income, CPP or OAS. That's how the strategy helps Canadians, reduces your tax bill, gets rid of your mortgage faster, builds an investment portfolio that otherwise wouldn't exist, and it doesn't require any additional cash flow from the homeowner to implement the strategy. When you go to a typical financial professional and say, hey, you know, I'm in trouble, my family's in trouble, it's tough out there, it's too expensive, all these expenses, I can't save for retirement. What can I do? Well, what does a financial professional tell you? Hey, max out your registered contributions, invest more in non-registered accounts, pay down your mortgage faster, pay down your consumer debt. And all of these little pieces of traditional advice require either you pay more out of your pocket or have a less exciting lifestyle, sacrifice your lifestyle. So these traditional pieces of advice, they may work for people who have all this disposable income, discretionary income, but they don't for hundreds of thousands of Canadians who are just getting by. So that's where the Smith Maneuver helps. So how do you, can a normal person just start or how do you start with the Smith Maneuver? Yeah, the starting point is talking to a Smith Maneuver certified professional, mortgage broker, investment advisor, those, those types of people. We're training Realtors, mortgage brokers, investment advisors, accountants, insurance brokers, all the different types of professionals that Canadians should surround themselves with anyways. We're training these professionals up across country. Uh, we got them from Victoria to Halifax. Going to this type of professional and saying, hey, I want to do the Smith Maneuver. Do I have the right type of mortgage? And they can help you look at that. Uh, the mortgage broker specifically, yes, you do have the right type of mortgage. We may need to rejig it a bit. Or no, you don't. Here's what we got to do to get you the right one. And once you're in the right type of mortgage, having that professional combined with a Smith Mover certified professional investment advisor, then you start getting that investment program and running the funds through the mortgage and taking advantage of all the benefits. And then at tax time, we've got Smith Mover certified um, accountants as well. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Like a lot of clients I work with, they already have the right mortgage product for this, but you have to be very careful, right? Like you can't dilute that you know, readvanceable mortgage. So you yeah. can't then go out and buy a car or go on a vacation. Like that has to be dedicated simply to that non-registered type of investment to be able to have that tax incentive at the end of the year, right? Yeah, it's very important to, to and this is why you need the right professionals behind you. You need to know how to, how to set up your personal finances, what to do on a monthly basis. Very importantly, what happens when life events occur? People, there's, there's relationship breakdowns. They own a house, what happens to the house? Or they're going to move their home or an illness or a death. There's a lot of things that happen in life all the time that someone who hasn't taken the certification program is going to have a tough time figuring out, okay, how do I deal with this without harming the client's the portfolio, their process, all that sort of thing. So uh, having the right people behind you is very, very important. But once you have that appropriate financing, the program it's not 100% automated. There's no perfect Smith Maneuver mortgage out there yet. 
So there is something required from the homeowner uh, to do. Either they go online once a month or call the lender once a month and instruct a transaction or two. It's very, very simple. Once you're set up, once your professional has, has told you, here's your monthly process, get going, run it for a few months, check back in. How's it going? You know, how are things looking? And then away you go. As long as you commit to doing it regularly, just like you would paying your visa bill, your MasterCard, your utilities, all that stuff. But it's very important, as you mentioned, Taylor, to have things tracking correctly, to not pollute the deductibility of, of that HELOC. And this is where having a tax professional who's gone through the certification process is very important, not only because they know exactly what to do, but they know the Smith Maneuver Certified Professional Accountant knows the SMCP broker who knows the SMCP advisor. That way, the client isn't saying, hey, okay, great, I got the right mortgage. Now I have to go educate my advisor. Now I have to go educate my accountant, get them to read the book or whatever. It's all, it's all taken care of. And when someone wants to, you know, say they implement this, it's going really well for the first couple of years, and then they want to sell and, and move houses. Do you have any kind of issues with that? No, this is, this is one of the things that the, the SMCPs learn going through the training is how to deal with when someone is moving house and preserving the, the existing deductible debt that's been generated. Because the last thing you want to do is, is have someone who doesn't understand the process of selling and buying. And all of a sudden, you've just lost $150,000 of tax-deductible debt because it was done incorrectly, and now you have to start again. There's a way to do it, which is what the SMCPs learn. Yeah, like I'm, I'm fully on board with this. I'm, I'm implementing this in my own portfolio. You know, obviously, there, there are some people that are resistant to it, just maybe from a comfort level, and that just comes with education, right? But um, I guess one of them would be, you know, you are essentially keeping your property leveraged indefinitely, you know, yeah, you're paying off the conventional mortgage to access that revolving line of credit to then go reinvest it. And then, you know, the other argument they may have is, well, with a higher interest rate environment, you know, how are we hedging against that? But realistically, with the higher interest rate environment, you're getting a higher tax deduction at the end of the year, right? Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Like some of the, sure. some of the resistance that some people have? Yeah, there's an education around debt that's required for a lot of people. We Canadians have, have grown up and, and we have this belief that, you know, when we hear the word debt, we see this one big dark cloud hanging over our head. And we're not discerning good debt versus bad debt. And this is something that the wealthy understand extremely well. They know the difference between good debt and bad debt, and they use debt to their advantage, to their great advantage. That's one of the main reasons they're wealthy. So when we, typical Canadians, we hear debt, we want to run away. Now, that doesn't mean we're not saddled with it. <laughs> Mortgage debt, car debt, credit card debt, unsecured lines of credit debt, student loans, all this stuff. Yeah. But we've been conditioned and we've learned to, to fear debt. But we have to get past that. We have to understand that if we want to become wealthy, we have to behave like the wealthy do. How do the wealthy behave? They use debt to their advantage. You go to downtown Toronto, or Vancouver, or Calgary, and you look at these big skyscrapers, every one of these buildings has a big corporate name on top and big lights, right? 50 letters 15 feet high. And all these buildings, these corporations have one or two entire floors dedicated to finance. And these people in these offices are saying, oh, they call up to the CEO and they say, hey, we don't have enough debt today. What? Really? Go get some more debt, right? That's what happens. It's exactly what happens. And that's what the wealthy do, individuals as well. They use debt to their advantage. If I am living clear title in a house, I have no mortgage on it, 
my house is worth $800,000. I'm losing to inflation. But meanwhile, that all that equity in that house is earning me, like I just said about inflation, not 0%. It's earning me less than 0%. And the wealthy, as soon as they hear you say, hey, I'm like you. I'm wealthy as well. I don't have a mortgage. They shake their head. They want to get away from you. They say, you're not wealthy. You're not wealthy. You yeah. haven't learned, right? What you have is no debt when you should have debt. So it's a big, it's a big education. I got, I got tons of debt. So I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain degree of comfort that, that one has to be able to achieve when learning about this strategy. Now, you know, we're, we're paying down bad debt and we're replacing it with good debt. So if I have a $400,000 mortgage now, I'm going to have a $400,000, well, technically mortgage once I finish the conversion process, because anything secured by a property is technically a mortgage. But now it's an interest-only HELOC. It's fully tax-deductible. It hasn't cost me anything to borrow this money out of my pocket, just because the nature of the way the strategy functions, and we'll go into it today, it services itself. The interest expense on that HELOC, which is increasing the balance, it gets serviced through the increasing efficiency of the regular mortgage payment. I don't have to pay for that increasing interest expense out of my pocket. We have to remember that that $400,000 of, of debt that I have, yes, it's fantastic because it's tax deductible. It does great things to my tax bill. But some people might think, well, I got a $400,000 mortgage. I was thinking, I can't wait till the day I don't have it. And now you're telling me I want to have $400,000 worth of debt my entire life. Well, don't forget, your house is going to go from $800,000 to $900,000 to $1.1 to $1.6 million. That $400,000 of debt gets smaller and smaller relationally over time. Plus, that $400,000 of debt that you have has allowed you to create an investment portfolio of $901.2 million. So, <laughs> you know, that debt has created wealth. And that's what people need to understand. And sometimes they can't wrap their head around it, and that's fine. If someone says, okay, I hear what you're saying. You're educating me on the Smith Mover. I hear what you're saying about debt offset by an investment portfolio, tax deductions, all that stuff. I don't think I'll be able to sleep at night. Then don't do it. Yeah. Right? Don't do it. Yeah. It's kind of like similar just buying any rental property. You know, if you're just not comfortable, it's not for you. Yeah. If you, um, let's say your scenario, you had that $400,000 HELOC, you know, it's fully converted over now to that readvanceable mortgage. You go and put that to work in investment portfolio, whatever you desire. And let's say the HELOC interest rate is 5%. Do you have to make over 5% to, to make it worthwhile? Firstly, going back to recall what I said earlier, that it doesn't require any additional cash flow out of my pocket to service the interest. It doesn't require any investment income to service the interest. So I can be paying 5% on my HELOC through this conversion process. And even if my investments were making 0%, well, if they are, you got to find a new investment advisor. But even if they're making 0% and I'm paying 5% for that debt, I still don't have to come out of pocket for it. Now, what's the break even? When we look at that, we have to remember that, well, some people will say, well, $500,000 balance on my line of credit, then uh, and I'm paying 6%, I have to at least make 6% on my investment portfolio to break even. Well, that's not the case either, because it's fully tax deductible, just for sake of ease of numbers here. My, if I'm at the 50% marginal tax rate, and that interest-only line of credit costs me 6%, that's what I read on my statement, that's not the actual cost. The actual cost is 3%, because it's fully tax deductible. So I'm paying 6%. The real cost, because of this tax break, is only 3%. There's my hurdle, 3%. Can I make 3% in the market? I can make 3% all day long. 
You know, it's, it's kind of funny actually, because a lot of people, they do this anyways, but they don't have the tax incentive, right? So they'll go and and do a refi and put that money into a, a rental property or a different investment or invest in their business. But since they don't implement the Smith maneuver, then they're not taking advantage of that, but that's still part of their hesitation to it is, Oh, well then I got to be leveraged. And then I'm forced. I really need to make money with it. But most Canadians are doing it anyways, when they're doing a refi, they're just not in the right product or have it set up correctly. Yeah. And this is why it's so important to have the right person behind you is, is there's a number of ways that you can access the equity in your home and you can access that equity, pull it out and you can do renovations. You can buy a car or you can invest and do anything you want with that money. But if you do certain things with it, you're not going to be able to claim deductions. If you do other things with it, you will be able to claim deductions, but you have to remember to claim the deductions. But that's not the end of the story here, because if you haven't done the refi correctly, you can't implement the strategy to convert the remainder of your non-deductible mortgage. You're just pulling equity out to potentially invest. That's good. You know, in many cases, you're doing something, you're trying to get ahead, you're doing something to get ahead, but without the right type of mortgage product, you still have that that non-deductible mortgage balance, which is, is going to stay with you and not get converted because the structure doesn't allow it. There's a handful of accelerators that go along with this strategy, right? Can you walk us through those? Yeah. The, the plain Jane Smith maneuver, as long as you've got a 20% equity in the home, you can get the right type of financing. And the plain Jane Smith maneuver is just using that mortgage payment that you're making anyways, pulling down the principal reduction, getting it invested, taking the tax relief, prepaying, pulling that out to invest once a year. Now, there are five accelerators, and, and pretty much every case that we see, someone can take advantage of at least one or two of these accelerators. There's cash flow diversion, there's the debt swap, there's cash flow dam, prime the pump, the drip accelerator. And it just involves taking what you already have in your financial life. Maybe it's a, a regular investment program that you're undertaking on a monthly basis. Maybe you've got a stockpile of investments that you've had for a while. Maybe you've got a proprietorship like a home-based business or a rental property. Maybe you turn on receiving dividends from your investment portfolio to, to come to you in cash to prepay your mortgage, pull back out, and then buy the same mutual fund that sent out dividends or stock, whatever it is. So there's all these different types of accelerators, and this is what your Smith Maneuver Certified Professional does, is they look at your situation and say, hey, okay, we can get you the right mortgage. You can do the Smith Maneuver. By the way, what's this over here? Oh, well, that's such and such. Okay, well, we can utilize that to speed this up, take another six years off that non-deductible debt. What's this over here? Oh, well, this is, okay, well, let's implement that. And we've got the Smith Maneuver Certified, well, the, sorry, the Smithman Calculator, which the SMCPs can access to punch in the client's actual values, their income, marginal tax rate, value of the house, mortgage, rates, all that sort of thing, and then toggle the accelerators on and off. Here's the effect. Do you want to do this accelerator? You can. Do you want to do it? Here's with it boom, here's without it, right? Shows the effect, the amortization, compression, net worth improvement, that sort of thing. I've seen some of those examples. I think you had them in your book. Do you want us kind of run us through one? Like, let's say for Kelowna, average home prices, it's in that million dollar range. If somebody put down 20% on, let's just say a 25 year amortization, if they were to implement the Smith maneuver and just conservatively put that money to work in a portfolio, how many years are they taking off or monetary value? Are they adding to their like net worth over that 25 years? Yeah. I, well, for a specific example like that, I'd have to open up the calculator and, and punch the numbers in, but we're regularly seeing on a 500 around a $500,000 mortgage balance. 
we're regularly seeing three to four hundred thousand dollar net worth improvement over a typical 25-year amortized period, and maybe two to three years off that amortization. Get rid of that mortgage that much quicker. But that's the plain Jane Smith maneuver. You start throwing in accelerators, one or two or three of them. I mean, we're regularly seeing net worth improvements of close to or over a million dollars uh, forecast net worth improvement and 25 year mortgage being gone in six, seven, eight years. That's crazy. Hey? Yeah. And so are you simply uh, restructuring what you already got going on? It's just a simple restructuring of what you've got going on already. So are you seeing more people get comfortable with this? Like, are you gaining more traction, spreading the word and getting on board with it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, I was an advisor from 2006 to 2018 Times have changed since then, sort of people's perception, their beliefs, that sort of thing. The farther you go back in history, the more entrenched people were in the fact that if I got a mortgage, I got to get rid of it by the time I'm 25. I have to be mortgage-free by the time I hit retirement at 65. You sort of move towards current day and people are used to having debt. They've got they've got debt already. <laughs> you know, just like I said earlier, credit cards, lines of credit, student debt, car loans, all that stuff. So you approach th- these people, maybe in their mid forties, early fifties, that, and and you say, okay, we're going to convert your debt. You're still going to have it, but we're going to convert it. And now we're seeing people say, well, you know what? Let's do it. I'm going to have debt for the rest of my life, anyways. I've got it now. I'm always going to have debt. They're resigned to it, right? Just because the way it is these days. And so now you say, okay, we're going to change it from bad debt to good debt. And here's all the good things that, that can happen when we do that. I say, let's do it. You know, I personally appreciate the work you're putting into it. It's, um, it probably is a, a, a job that you get a lot of gratitude out of for the customers that are achieving you know, what you're yeah. trying to get them on board with. So it does seem to be exploding. Like I see it everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. So yeah. Considering your, when did your dad kind of first, I guess, find out about this tax law and start educating? Yeah, he, you know, talking about the CRA and and mortgages and investing, he just took all the pieces of the puzzles and put them together back in the mid eighties. And people ask, well, well, I see on, on the internet, please do not anybody out there go for information on this, on the internet. It's a rat's nest. I see people say, oh, rates are, rates are high now. Smith maneuver doesn't work. Well, this was developed back in the mid '80s. What were rates then? They were double digits. Yeah, it didn't work when when rates are high. Then we wouldn't be talking today. The nice thing about it is it works when rates are high because you get bigger tax relief, which means you can get out of your mortgage faster. And it works when rates are low because while your tax relief declines a little bit, you have more to invest each month, which means you have a bigger investment portfolio. So it's it's got this nice robustness to it. Rates high, low. Markets high, low. Inflation high, low works all the way through. I think yeah, I heard a story about your dad having a conversation with a couple guys from CRA. Yeah, yeah. He used to love to tell this. This was, I think it was before he actually wrote his book, but he was, he was putting people in the Smith maneuver and he was out here in Victoria at the time. And these two gentlemen in suits show up at the office unannounced and tell his assistant, yeah, we, we'd like to talk to Fraser Smith, please, about the Smith maneuver thing he's talking about all the time. So dad says, come on in, come on in, come on. Gets pen, puts pen to paper and does the diagram here, down, up, and over here, and investment portfolio and all this stuff. And about halfway through it, dad says, one of the agents, the CRA leans forward and says, would this work on a $70,000 mortgage? 
<laughs> so, and they and they left. They didn't say anything, and he never heard from them again. Which is a, as big an endorsement you're going to get from the CRA. In fact, when I was advising, I put CRA employees into the strategy, put cops, judges, lawyers into the strategy. I mean, you think they'd be encouraging it if anything, because it's stabilizing the economy, right? Like people are taking that money and just investing it back into the Canadian economy. Well, this is this is another one I get. Like, why would the CRA allow this, right? Firstly, the CRA allows it because the strategy relies on the fundamental principle. It's been around for 100 years that if I borrow to invest with a reasonable expectation of generating income, I can deduct the interest. If the CRA ever said, hey, no longer can you deduct interest on money you borrow to invest, well, what happens? They're in trouble. The government's gone next election, maybe sooner, because who deducts? Not only the common homeowner now with the Smith Maneuver, but the wealthy businesses. So that's an extremely tough one to, to get away with. And secondly, the CRA doesn't object because what happens when implement the Smith Maneuver and I invest in companies? These companies now have additional funds with which to invest in plant, in staff, in, in marketing. These businesses that I'm investing in grow. The more money they make, the more the CRA can tax them. The more employees they have to hire because they're doing really well, they can get more income tax from these employees. The equipment I build or I buy to build my factories, they tax that. So they're taxing me less as someone who's implementing the strategy, but they're getting more tax elsewhere. I mean, yeah, I was so excited about this when I first heard you on the podcast and then read the book and met you in person. And I mean, Emily's probably sick of hearing me talk about it, but the, the huge one for me, like, but she's just sick of hearing you talk at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But the big one for me was I never, like I started out to have an investment portfolio, TFSA, mutual funds, stocks, bonds. I never did very well with any of them, but I did well in real estate. But I remember like the light bulb went off when I was speaking with you was, so you're telling me I can, I can take money, I can leverage my house and invest it into my own corporation that's buying real estate. Like I'm investing into my business anyways, which I'm going to have to do as a shareholder loan to get revenue out of my business. So, you know, if somebody thinks to themselves, oh, I'm not really excited about working with a financial advisor just to buy stocks or bonds or any of these, you know, traditional investments you may think of, there's so many different avenues. Like it, it gives you a lot of autonomy over. Yeah. yeah. Um, the important thing is, is to invest in what you're comfortable with. You're, you're freeing up, you know, 600, 1,000, 1,200, 1,500 bucks a month to invest once you implement the strategy. Don't take this and go to Vegas, right? Don't gamble by investing in your cousin's internet startup. Be responsible with it. But if you don't like mutual funds, go into something else. If you don't like stocks, go into something else. If you don't like real estate, go into something else. But there's all these different types of investments. And if you're not an experienced investor, with help, you will find something that you're comfortable with that isn't, you know, very, very risky. This yeah. is very, very long-term strategy. You'd be smart with, with this, this money and nurture it and watch it. Invest in boring stuff. But, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> quite likely not terribly exciting, but it's safe and it's going to be there when you decide you're ready to slow down at work or retire. And you're going to have that investment income available to you. That's all we can ask for. We don't want after working for 40, 50, 60 years, whatever it is, we do not want an impoverished retirement. Thanks so much for the the time, Rob. I know you're 
probably have about 20 more shows to get through today <laughs> spreading the word. So we're going to, it's, it's just about nap time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're going to jump into our uh, ice maker if we can real quick, and then we'll let you go. Time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the ice maker section brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. Okay. What is the best habit or routine that you attribute to success that you feel our listener could benefit from? Minimize procrastination. I don't say eliminate procrastination because I don't know who'd be able to do that, but minimize it to the extent you can in everything, but especially your financial life. You know, if you don't take action, there's going to be no change. Things are not going to change. And you're still going to be on the path that does not lead to satisfaction and security. So take action, whatever it is, especially in your financial life. Learn, implement what you're comfortable implementing. Uh, What's the best thing you've ever spent money on? This is going out to the public. So I'm going to say my wife. (laughs) I hope your wife's listening to the show. Another listener out of it. My, My second answer would be my house. I've undergone the Smith Maneuver on a couple properties, including rental property. To be able to buy an asset which can not only provide you with somewhere to live and comfort and security and safety, but also have that asset generate wealth, actively generate wealth. Uh, it's rare. It's rare to find that type of asset. And that's, that's what a house is, yeah. as long as you implement this method. Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure you have the tax advantage on the house. Otherwise, it turns into a bit of a liability sometimes. Yeah. Okay, best book you've ever read? Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I'm a biker. So a long time ago, I picked that book up simply because it had the word motorcycle in the title. But I've read it, I've read it since then. And it's about, it's about taking care in what you do, doing every little thing that you do to the best of your ability and watching that effort add up and build over time. Yeah. I've heard a few people say that book. And yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite quote? I really enjoy my, my father's quote. He says, procrastination is the enemy of your financial success. I've memorized a poem from years and years and years ago, and it's just stuck with me. And my sister knows it. My mom knows it. Isn't it strange that princes and kings and clowns that caper in sawdust rings and common people like you and me are builders for eternity? Each is given a bag of tools, a shapeless mass, a book of rules, and each must make ere life has flown a stumbling block or a stepping stone. I love that. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that back slower and write it down. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I can, I can say it slower if you want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic, um, where, where can people find out more about you, um, contribute to your community? Um, yeah. How do they get in touch with you? Uh, the Smith maneuvers on LinkedIn and Facebook, yeah. uh, but also smithman.net. Uh, dot net is our website. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Go on and check it out. You can buy the book from the website if you wish, but if you don't want to buy the book, you can check it out from the library for free. You know, um, I'd love it if you bought the book. Cat food gets a little old, right? I, I enjoy eating that. It's, it's a great book. I've given it as a gift to a few friends and, uh, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of stuff on the website. Uh, so, you know, we talk about different accelerators and a bunch of good stuff. So smithman.net, check that out. And we can be reached through there. Awesome. Love it. Great. Love it. Thanks, Rob. It's been great having you on. And yeah, I learned a lot. Well, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we'll, thank uh, you. Talk to you soon. Wonderful. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. 
Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.